When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Here we go. It's hour four of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. We're about to talk with David Hellman here formerly at DallasCowboys.com, now with uh, Fox Sports out there in uh, Los Angeles covering the NFL, and here he is. Uh, good afternoon, Dave. How the heck are you? Uh, I'm I'm at a loss for word, guys. Uh, talk about a hell of a day in the world of football. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, of course. Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest, if not the single biggest day of coaching news that I've ever covered uh, Dave, with uh, Pete Carroll out and now uh, Nick Saban retiring as well. Let's start there with Nick Saban. What impact do you think this has on on college football and your beloved SEC? Um, I mean, every everything. Like I said, it's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. I mean, Alabama's been the biggest constant in college football for almost twenty years, uh, two thousand seven, um, and you talk about him leaving on the eve of Texas and Oklahoma arriving. So, I mean, the, the landscape of the league was already going to change. And now I'm not going to say Alabama's in turmoil, but uh, you know, they've got to find somebody to replace the greatest ever. Who do they hire? What type of domino effect does that have? Cause Alabama is going to be able to go after whoever they want. So you would imagine the head coach of a very established program is probably going to get poached. That would be my guess. Uh, what's going to happen to Bama's current roster? How many guys are they going to lose? Because I believe uh, when your head coach gets hired, uh, fired or retires, like within a month or so of, of signing day, all of those guys are like not bound to their letters. So, I mean, this it's a hell of a transition for Alabama. The power structure of college football, obviously, assuming Saban doesn't go coach somewhere else, it's the end of the greatest career in the sports history. Like, it's it's a lot to process, and yeah, I mean, it it feels like the end of an era, which is fitting with the with the college football playoff expanding next year. Yeah, it's wild. And then with the Pete Carroll news that we got today, it seemed like all signs were pointing Dan Quinn. Is that his most likely destination? I mean, did, did do you think that that does seem likely? And how nervous are you for the Cowboys losing Dan Quinn finally this time? I mean, I, you have to consider it a possibility. I think Seattle would be silly not to cast a wide net. I mean, I think that's an appealing job. Assuming It sounds like John Schneider, the GM uh, up in Seattle, who Brian Broadus knows very well, it, it sounds like he's going to stay in town. So that's a guy who's acquired a lot of talent over the years, who's built a lot of good teams. So I think it's an appealing job in the short term and the long term. Um yeah, I mean, Dan Quinn's history matters. Obviously, he coached the Legion of Boom. So if that's what they want to do, it makes sense. Um, but if I were them, I, I would cast as wide of a net as possible to see who who else might be interested. Um, and, you know, it, it's not that I want Dan Quinn to leave Dallas. I think he's done a hell of a job. But when you've had an established head coach who's had a successful run as a coordinator for two years, I mean, I kind of made peace 
with this being the last ride a long time ago. It, it was surprising the first time he did it. It was even more surprising the second time. I think you're you're asking for a lot to expect him to stay in place three consecutive years. So I think um, I think there's attractive options on Dallas's staff, whether that's Joe Witt Jr., whether that's Al Harris. I think there's a couple guys there who could do a good job getting elevated into that role. So, like I said, it's it's not like I'd be happy to see Dan leave uh, after what he's done, but I just think after a certain point, you kind of you kind of expect that, and and you're not so surprised by it. David, I've stood next to you on the sidelines at Lambeau Field. I've sat next to you in the press box at AT&T Stadium and been heartbroken by this team that the Cowboys are about to, to play. What is going to be different this time around? You know what? I'll tell you what's going to be different this time around, Brian. Uh, and look, I, I have a tremendous I, – I like Jordan Love a lot. Like, not talking about best. But in terms of just like most fun players, you know, in this doing yeah. the NFL on Fox podcast, I've I've watched so much more of the league than I did when I covered the Cowboys. Sure. And uh, I mean, Jordan Love and also I'll throw CJ Stroud in there like they're two of the most fun players going in the NFL right now. Just watching them play is is a lot of fun if you like football. But the thing that's going to be different is in 2014 and 2016 the Packers had the boogeyman like they had the undeniably best quarterback, not only in the game, but in the league. Yeah. Uh, and this time it's Dak Prescott who I don't think he's going to win MVP, but he certainly has a case. And as well as Jordan loves played this year, Dak Prescott's the better quarterback. He's, he's been through this. He's seen everything you can throw at him. He's going against the lesser defense in this matchup. There's no way anybody with a sound mind is taking Green Bay's defense over Dallas's in this matchup. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I, I'm never going to completely trust the Cowboys because I've just been through too much. But uh, but I think you know you go into this game knowing you have the better quarterback, you have the better defense, you have the better overall team. And uh, and hopefully they play like it Sunday because if I mean if they play as well as they're capable of then then they should win this game. We were talking Dak a couple of days ago. It's probably got to be nice for you not having to have as many Dak arguments with uh, shall we say unsound minds uh, these days, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, I I it it is it's. It makes Sunday a lot less stressful when you know that you don't have to go in the next day and fight for some for fight for Dak's honor. Yeah. Uh, but at the same, but at the same time, like we're all football fans. We all like talking ball. Uh, and I do, I kind of, you know, I, I miss that from time to time where you're just like, Oh man, I, I've got something I really want to get off my chest today and I don't get to go on speak and argue about it. Um, but yeah, it has just in general, whether it's whether it's my dear friends on speak or anyone else, it's uh it's nice to see to see Dak kinda vindicate what I've been saying about him for, for a long time, which is I've I've never tried to say he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's a hell of a lot better than a lot of people want to give him credit for and he's played like it this year. What do you what do you credit that for mostly? His increased efficiency or performance this year? It's a good question. Um, I mean, I would, people say that all the time. I've been asked a few times this year, like, Oh, what changed for Dak? And I'm like, nothing like it. I mean, he looks mostly like the same guy to me. I think it helps that CD lamb has 
truly leveled up into one of the best three or four receivers in the entire league. I think that definitely matters. And I think whatever it was, whatever that conversation was back around the bye week. And I think we talked about it last time I came on the show. um, Whoever decided to put this team in Dak's hands, whether it was Dak himself or whether it was Mike uh, Mike McCarthy or the ownership, I don't know. Um, but just giving him that chance to kind of take the lead. And you talk about a guy who's now been starting for what, what is this his eighth year? Uh, they're just, I mean, shoot at this point, there's nobody playing in the NFL right now. Who's seen more looks and gotten more years under his belt than Dak Prescott. Like all those vets that were in the league when he came in are gone. Um, and you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing this year. So I think experience development and plus having better talent around him than last year, it's just kind of all meshed together really, really well. David Hellman with us here in the G bag nation watching green Bay. You talked a little bit about Jordan love to me. It's still Aaron Rodgers and the rushing attack. That gives me a little bit of uh, nervousness entering the game. Well, what is it for you? If the Packers were to come in and upset the Cowboys, what are they most fearful of? Yeah, Aaron Jones has had some big moments in that building, hasn't he, if I remember correctly? Um, that's a good question. I, no, I mean, I still I, – I think it's I think it's Matt LaFleur's ability to – they do such an admirable job of scheming up good looks for Jordan Love. And, like, they can be so explosive. And it's – it's wild because these receivers that he works with are so young, but yeah. they find they find ways to get him open. They find ways to uh, create explosives. They do it with their tight ends too. Like somehow it just seems like they get these guys lost in the coverage. And we know the Cowboys can be a little bit susceptible to that. So like I know the Cowboys have not been great against the run, um, but if Jonathan Hankins can play in this game, like if Green Bay comes in and tries to play conservatively and like lean on the run game. I don't think that's going to work. Um, but I do think Matt LaFleur is a good coach and Jordan love has crazy, crazy arm talent. And, uh, you know, if these guys can generate five, six, like big explosive plays in the passing game, it, it could be trouble with, uh, you know, we, we, like I said, we've seen the Cowboys can get caught cheating sometimes in the secondary and I think this is a bad opponent to try to do that against. Spray tan reference there for you, Brian. Yeah, how <laughs> about that? Hey, Dave, uh, I've just completely given up on the Cowboys running game, and I think it's going to be on the quarterback's shoulders and the play caller's shoulders, CeeDee Lamb's shoulders, and then Micah Parsons in the defense. Is that the wrong approach, or uh, are you kind of going along with me on this one? You know, I tried to find some uh, some optimism because I thought – I thought Tony Pollard looked pretty good in Washington the other day. And then somebody yes, both was times, like, both times against the commanders, they've looked pretty good running the ball. And some, somebody reminded me like, uh, yeah, look at all of Washington's metrics over the second half of the season. And keep <laughs> yeah. in mind that, you know, Jonathan Allen didn't play in that game. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're probably right. I shouldn't get too carried away. Yeah. Um, so Should yeah, let Carm do that to you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Uh, the funny thing though, I mean, look, Green Bay's defense has been atrocious very often this year. Um, you know, they, they let Carolina put 30 on them, and it was, uh, it was Tommy DeVito that ran for like 100 on them on Monday Night Football. I thought that killed their hopes, really, when yeah. they managed to lose to the Giants on Monday Night Football. So, A, I think Green Bay's defense is probably porous enough that you could have at least 
some success, enough success to generate some balance. And on top of that, even if you can't, I think this is a defense that you can, like you can put the ball in Dak's hands in this game, especially at home where he's going to be able to operate and all, you know, change calls and change the protections without having to scream over the crowd and all that stuff. I think this is a game where even if Dak has to do it all himself, he can absolutely do that. It's uh, you know, that I get worried about that when you're talking about playing the Niners of the world and, and some of those teams, but Against this opponent, if Dak has to do it himself, I think he can get away with it. What's the uh, what's the non-Cowboy Packer game this weekend that's that's uh, going to be the most entertaining, you think? I really – I would love to know Brian's thoughts on this for as long as he's been in the NFL. And, like, I know it was really great in the 90s, but in terms of, like, I've, I've been covering the league for a decade – and I don't remember a wild-card weekend that looked this good on paper. It's like, it's so it's incredible, man. And the matchups are good. The storylines are good. Obviously, um, you know, I think everybody's talking about the golf Stafford bowl in yeah. Detroit on Sunday night, but like from, I mean, I don't know, seeing, seeing if Mahomes can reignite the chiefs at Arrowhead against the dolphins with the weather down at zero degrees. I mean, sure. I'm glad I don't, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to be there, but that's going to be a really, really fun game. And then even, like, I feel like people are down on the Eagles-Bucks game, but I can't wait to see, like, can the Eagles pull out of that nosedive or, you know, can the Bucks take advantage of it? The Eagles uh, the Eagles played in Tampa in, like, week three. Yeah. And they just – they ran all over them. They ran for, like, 230 yards. And, and remember, I think DeAndre Swift ran for, like, 180. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to rush for 2,000 yards this year. And then Philly forgot he was on their team. So I can't wait to see if they remember that. Like, and, and, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin going against that awful secondary. Like, I think, I think Monday night's going to be really entertaining too. How good are the Rams? Very, very good. They're seven and one over the last half of the season. And their one loss came in overtime on a punt return yeah. to Baltimore of all teams. I mean, they run the ball better than anybody gives them credit for. Matthew Stafford is he's been one of the three best quarterbacks in the league in my opinion this year like not enough people are talking about what Matthew Stafford's done their defensive line you know they've got obviously Aaron Donald but they have a couple rookies on their front that have developed into really solid pass rushers I I mean I know that they're a trendy pick but I get why they're a trendy pick and if we can assume if we assume the Cowboys can handle business yeah that's what I was about to ask you here I mean, yeah, I mean if we assume if we assume that happens, then if the Rams can get past Detroit, now you're talking about a divisional rematch in the divisional round. I yeah. know the Niners are barely like they're unbeatable, and I if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the Niners to win the Super Bowl. But I don't know, man. Don't write off uh, don't write off the Rams in the divisional round. We've seen that type of stuff before from those two teams. So. Yeah, I I buy the Rams hype big time. So would you fear the Rams like second most in the conference right now? How how would you rank the possible Cowboy opponents? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, of teams that I wouldn't want the Cowboys to have to play, I think it would go Niners followed by the Rams, followed by the Lions probably, mm-hmm. and then everything else is whatever. Okay, as an LSU fan, who's the guy you'd least like to see uh, replace Saban as head coach? 
I mean, if I was Alabama, I would get Kirby Smart on the phone immediately and just try to money whip him and say, look, I know that's your alma mater, but we'll pay you this to, to come keep it rolling at Bama. Uh, I would really hate that. Um, Dan Lanning? Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think yeah. Dan Lanning is a really good coach. That would that would upset me. Um yeah, those two probably, and then as long as they don't come trying to sniff around our guy, I really I like the job Brian Kelly's doing, and it would make me very unhappy if Bama stole our coach a second time. Yeah, I don't know if this would scare you, but could this be a worst-case scenario for Texas if they go for Sark and then maybe he brings Arch Manning along with him? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't make Texas fans happy. Per, like, just purely me as an SEC LSU homer, like – I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm not sold on Sark being, being like on that level where I should be terrified if Alabama hires him. And the same honestly goes for Arch Manning. We'll see what happens. Maybe I eat those words, but uh, I can. I can think of at least a few guys that would bother me at Alabama before I got to Sark. But uh, like I said, I mean, <laughs> oh God, jeez. Let's. Uh, I, I, we'll, I mean, we'll see. But Just keep your uh, fingers out of that one. He's talking to Urban, not you, David. Um, I like I said, they're gonna do something insane. Alabama, Alabama just cares about football on a level that they even do. other SEC schools don't really get. I think so. I mean, they're gonna swing for the fences and they're gonna die trying to make a splash. And I, w- I wouldn't put it past them. Hell of a job, Dave. Of course, we're very proud of you, and it's it's cool that you haven't gone Hollywood on us yet. Never. Never, never, not for y'all. I'm always down to chat with the G-Bag Nation, and, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully the Cowboys can keep the egg off their face this weekend and give us something to look forward to next week. Are we going to see in Vegas Day for the Super Bowl? You know, I really hope so. Yeah. Uh, that is still a bit up in the air. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I'm going to be – I will be – Busy with wall-to-wall coverage regardless, whether it's from L.A. or Vegas. So, yeah, it's shaping up to be a really fun month. Well, good. We'll see you on the draft show here then real there soon. All right. Thanks, man. Oh, Appreciate you. I mean, hey, as much as I like talking NFL, please, let's talk some prospects soon. Ooh. There you go. There he goes. David Hellman, Pretty thank you so much, sir. He is at David Hellman with <clears throat> one L on your Twitter X. Looks like an underscore at the end of the David Hellman as well. Yeah. Not the mayonnaise man. The football man. Football man. And you should listen to his uh, NFL on Fox podcast regularly. Yeah. Okay, we're going to hit the expressway. Has a new and powerful suitor emerged for the best coach on the Cowboys. That's next in the G-Bag Nation. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.